0: Welcome to Rhode Island's Church and State Podcast. I'm David. And
1: I'm Jessica. We're a husband and wife podcast. He's a pastor and I'm a state senator. So you've been warned. We're about to talk politics and religion.
0: And anything else that might get us canceled.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Today, we're going to share with you some relationship tips, Um, not just for marriages, but really all relationships.
0: Yeah, I i mean, we've been married for 20 years, and I'd, I'd like to think it's a successful <laughs> marriage. Um, we, we still love each other. We're not sick of each other. I still consider you my my best friend, mm-hmm. and I love to confide in you and, and celebrate life's wins with you. But uh, But you're right. I don't think these rules that we worked on are just for married people. Mm, I think right. anyone would benefit from them in really any kind of relationship context friends co-workers uh, parents children
1: mm-hmm. and their principles like you said they'll be helpful to all relationships so i'd also like to point out this is not an exhaustive list this is just yeah few tips
0: yeah i mean full disclaimer that this list comes from a sermon that i i, I put together and it's um for because of the lack of time, I had to cut it down. I originally had 10 ideas, then I shrunk it down to seven, but even seven was too long. So I, I ultimately trimmed it down to five. So maybe we'll be able to add five more rules for relationships in a f- future episode.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so we are going to get right into it and start with our five rules.
0: Yeah. Yep. And this this whole list really comes from a few places. It's... Uh, it's stuff that you and I have picked up in the church, right? We picked up reading the Bible, uh, studying the scriptures, but we've also picked it up when we're um, we're around other good couples or or, or people that and seem bad to be... couples. That's true, honestly. Sometimes you learn,
1: yeah, what not to do,
0: what not to do, right? Yeah, right. that's so true. But we we have been very fortunate to be around people who are successful in many different areas, not just mm-hmm. you know in their finances or. Healthy living, or they 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 love God, but they um, they have healthy relationships, and I think um, we, we've been able to kind of pick from them and see these patterns emerge in their life. That's been really uh, really helpful to us. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to sharing that. I would say the list is pretty basic. It feels that way. Maybe it's because again, for 20 years we've been kind of living this out, and it it's uh, I don't want to say it's it feels natural to us, but It feels normal to us right
1: yes the list is not exhaustive um and so we'll just do the five and the first one will be have an inner circle tell me a little bit about that david
0: (laughs) well (laughs) i i noticed this in jesus's life because if you've ever studied the life of jesus he had literally thousands upon thousands of people that would follow him that would listen to his teachings witness his miracles but ultimately jesus did not um, pour the deepest part of himself into those thousands of people. Jesus understood that not all relationships are equal, that there are some people that deserve more of your attention, um, more of your time than other people. So while Jesus had thousands of people that would follow him, ultimately there would only be 120 that would stick around after his death, burial and resurrection. Hmm. There's 120 people who are waiting in the upper room uh and remaining loyal to jesus but even out of that 120 those weren't jesus's friends they weren't his closest followers i think for that list you'd have to shrink it down to 12. there were 12 people that jesus would break bread with and have communion with 12 people that he he called friends he Mm -hmm. said i don't call you disciples i call you friends but even out of that i i don't think the 12 can be counted as jesus's inner circle in my opinion I see Jesus's inner circle as really just three people. And I think for you and I, we've kind of looked at an inner circle as something that you can count on one hand. Mm-hmm. For Jesus, it was uh, Peter, James, and John. When Jesus was facing the agony of the crucifixion, who did he invite into that very uh, very vulnerable moment? Mm-hmm. It was Peter, James, and John. In the middle of the night, he went off into the garden and he prayed. And I think your inner circle are those people that you can count on in the middle of the night, uh, and you you know they're gonna to to pray or or stand with you. And of course, <laughs> sometimes your inner circle lets you down. <laughs>
1: yeah, they fall asleep. That
0: happened uh, to Jesus on more than more than one occasion. But you do see these three people emerge even after Jesus's um, his his resurrection. You see these three people emerge as the leaders in the church god bless you
1: thank you i tried to conceal that but i did a poor job of it
0: (laughs) i know your allergies um but you do see you know peter go on to lead the church you see james go on to be the first disciple to be martyred to to die for his faith and then you see uh john go on to be the um the longest living disciple faithful right up until his exile and and his death so jesus had an inner circle and i think that's Really telling for us, you know, for yeah. you and I, we, we definitely have people that we hold closer, that their weight, their advice, their um, their opinion, it just mm-hmm. carries more yeah. more weight. And I feel like sometimes we tend to give too much authority to people that really don't deserve that kind of right. attention.
1: I was just talking to ben about this this morning because he was sad Ben's our son right yes our our baby little benny boo boo and uh he was sad because somebody had said something to him in school mm. and just this morning i said to him well not everybody uh, uh not everyone's opinion should have the same kind of weight i said people who love you who are um who want to see you succeed who are for you those people their opinions matter most people like mommy and daddy and uh so teaching them young now that not everyone's opinion really matters
0: yeah that that's really good that's a good point point. and then you know there's um i didn't mention this when i w- was sharing this sermon but there are some people that that will be in that f- kind of friend part of the inner circle mm-hmm. but then there are other people that that kind of uh that they stay with you even longer and um and i see that with jesus's mother with mary mm. because she was there obviously when jesus was a baby yeah but uh, she never really left you you see her kind of pop up sporadically in the in the gospels and you see her there after um or at jesus's um death and then you see it uh, see her still there even after the uh the resurrection she's among those who were in the upper room so there are these members of the inner circle i guess my point is That they're just with you through thick and thin and again you and i there have been moments in our life when we had to have uh, conversations with people or ask people for advice or guidance and we've just been able to go to them because we know that they'll be straight with us they're honest Um, and we also know that they're for us they want us to win right
1: yeah one of my favorite quotes i know i have so many favorite quotes but this one i read uh many years ago and It's from George Washington. He said, be courteous to all, but intimate with a few and let those few be well tried before you give them your confidence. Mm,
0: That's good. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've talked about this before, but not everyone should deserve our trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is actually one of those things that should be earned. Yes. We can give respect to people Mm -hmm. and give time to people if if, uh, time permits it, but um, not everyone deserves to be in that inner circle. And uh, of course, you're in my inner circle, and there's really just a handful of other people that that have that kind of access and that kind of uh, um, that kind of authority, I guess, in in my life. Yeah. What's That's the really second good. one? Second rule?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, second rule is speak well, but listen better.
0: So, what are some of the rules? Because in our family, we do have these rules. Uh, we we talk about bad words and good words. And there are certain bad words. And other families, it's like, that's a bad word. That's a curse word. <laughs> but it's because we do see, and this is taught in the scriptures that there are some words that give life. And there are some words that give death. And um it, it's not uh, obviously not in a literal, literal right? right. It's not in a literal way. Mm-hmm. But saying a harsh word, saying the wrong kind of word or even at the wrong time, can be so hurtful and devastating and destructive to to a relationship that we just, we, we tried to train our kids and you and I have just tried to omit certain words. We right. don't talk about them, right? Mm-hmm. What would be some examples of bad words in our family?
1: Well, when you're fighting, you should never use words like always and never, right? right? right. You always do this or you yeah. never do this because it immediately puts someone on the defensive and they're no longer listening because in their mind, they're saying, well, of course I do this. How can they say never because- exactly. So you immediately uh, put up those defenses and it's not really conducive for, you know, coming uh, for, for uh, what's, what's A disagreement. The yeah, yeah, for a disagreement, yeah. but even a reconciliation.
0: Yeah, there you go. And if there is a disagreement, uh, I never hear this word come from you, but you never say whatever. And sometimes I hear other people use that word yeah. in a disagreement. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, you're just like cringing because... When you say whatever, it's like a roll of the eyes. It's a, I'm not taking you seriously. I'm not listening to you anymore. Mm -hmm. So I would, that's another one of those bad words. uh, That's actually a good one. Yeah. 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 And then with our kids, it's words like can't and, um, and stupid (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. So Benjamin, like he comes home one day, he's like, mommy, kid said a bad word. And I was like, well, what was it? He goes, he said the S word. And I was thinking, what S word? He goes, he said stupid. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, Benjamin, let me explain to you what, you know, bad words are in our family. Right. Those are inappropriate words. We yes. don't, we don't use those words. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. And there are so, levels of bad words, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's, <laughs> I mean, another bad yes. word is we don't use the word divorce in, in our relationship. Uh, and maybe this is more helpful for married people or people that want to get married. But as soon as you use that word, it's like this this bomb just went off in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the other person, again, is on the defensive. Right. And they're starting to look for, uh-oh, we're, we're now talking about divorce. Is this happening? Like, mm-hmm. Do I need to start looking for the exit door? And they're starting to think their exit plan. They're going to divorce.com and and starting to fill out forms. So it's just not a good idea to use some of these words now what are some good words when we talk about speak well and listen better what are some other words that we should be speaking
1: well Word, these, I, uh, will, like, these will be hard for a lot of people
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: but how about i'm sorry
0: yeah that's always hard right yep. Yep. i
1: was wrong please yep. forgive me right
0: or i forgive you right yeah those are good those are good um think about it yeah start then, with
1: that and um you know the guards go down
0: yeah you know? And I notice you're really good at the. We talked about speak well, so there are good words and bad words, but uh, I've noticed you're really good at listening well, especially with the, uh, you listen well with me, but especially with the boys or um, uh, with, with some of your colleagues that you work with.
1: Yeah, I try, and the reason is for the boys. I've always thought if they, if I give them attention now, if I listen to their stories now, mm-hmm. and those might be Minecraft, which I just want to like pluck out my eye eyelashes or eyebrows one by one. And uh, it's
0: a great picture. You know, I you just <laughs> gave everybody. I self mutilation.
1: I really, but they love Minecraft. And the, the new thing now is uh, what's that? Uh, imposter game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're always talking about that. Yeah, imposter. Yeah. And so I just sit there and listen and I ask questions. Among us. Among us. Among there us. it is. Because yeah. it's the imposter and, yeah, yeah. among us. And I just ask questions and, you know, I nod my head and, you know, yeah. really oh, they go deep listen. into it. Oh, know. I mean, really deep. Then they yeah. want to show me the worlds that they've made, you know, on their Minecraft game. And I'm just setting the tone now that mommy listens, mommy's available. Right. And I don't want to really go into personal stories. But my one of my my oldest son hopped into the car after he was um, at an event and he, he just blurted out some stuff to me and i mm-hmm. thought oh my goodness this is like huge news right. but he just like had no hesitation at all to share right. it with me right. because he didn't think that i would be yeah. uh, judging him or J- his right. friends or whatever right so, was- that's
0: really good but you set the tone you, you you've you already established that you listen you listen well you care and um and again i've seen you do that not just with our kids or in our marriage but with other people mm. uh, at the state house or your constituents i know sometimes it's hard because I know how strongly you may feel about something or feel that they, they have the wrong impression of who you are or what you're trying to do, but you just kind of, you bite your tongue. You, you know that maybe now is not the the best time yeah. to, that because the, the person may feel so passionate right now. Now is not necessarily the time to try to correct them or, um, to prove yourself or defend yourself. You kind of give them an opportunity to, uh, to get that off, off their shoulders. Fair enough. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You can always learn something from someone, even if it's someone you disagree with. You know, if if I'm talking politically, mm -hmm. even if we disagree politically and ideologically, I could still learn something from someone. And, you know, I'll I'll say that on the Senate floor, I don't get up for every single bill that I oppose and, you know, pontificate about why the bill. But if there are bills that are really important, to mm. the district or to the state then yeah i will get up and i will be passionate about it and 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 speak
0: mm. what and I, that leads us right into the third rule so the first rule is heaven in a circle second rule speak well but listen better mm,
1: pick your battles
0: yeah third rule is pick your battles and that comes down to recognizing that there are big things and there are little things there are some things that are priorities there are things that are worth fighting for and there are things that are okay to ignore there that are okay to uh to let slip or, or uh, look the, the other way at. i think one thing that i not i think i remember one of the things i shared in my uh, my message to the church was that um we can have great convictions but that doesn't mean that everything has to be a confrontation that we can just choose to look the other way right
1: yeah well you know, all, it depends on what we're talking about. You know, mm. if we're talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> laundry, the way it's folded. I know you had mentioned that in your sermon. Right, we'll, we'll talk about pick your battles there. I'm the one that folds the laundry correctly, just so everybody knows.
0: I disagree. I mean, I, my mother is a very intelligent person and um, she, she's.
1: So make a, me a, say something she, about your mother. <laughs>
0: she knows how to fold laundry and she trained me in the ways of folding laundry. That have been happening for generations and of course she traces her ancestry all the way back to the mayflower so our roots are well established and i i, I say that all to say well l- let me give the background of what you're talking about um recently i discovered something because in our house we, we have divvied up the a lot of the the household responsibilities we're both kind of busy but we split split things. And I like to fold laundry. It gives me a chance to listen to things or watch a video or just kind of relax. And uh, you like to put the laundry away. But a few weeks ago, I was upstairs grabbing a shirt for one of the boys, pulled out the shirt and said, what? Somebody refolded the shirt. They refolded all the shirts. (laughs) And I talked to you about it. I said, I I knew it was you because the boys do not fold like this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I asked you about it and you said, yeah, I I just refold them and i was so blown away by that now some people would be upset like how dare you i i went through all that trouble of folding things i wasn't actually upset at all I was just impressed I was like how long have you been doing this for years of of just silently choosing your battles and saying i'm not going to fight over this i like to see the shirts folded a different way so i'm just gonna quietly refold them and you never nagged me about it you never brought it up you just refolded the shirts and put them put them uh in their in their uh dressers and again i was just so impressed by that but you seem to have recognized like i'm just not gonna make a thing of this i'm not gonna it's not worth fighting over it's not worth even confronting him or you never even asked me you just silently but i was
1: so happy when you did say can you show me how you do it so you (laughs) don't have to refold it i was like oh he's so sweet
0: oh he does love me Well, I again, I think it was because I was just so really, I was so impressed that that you uh, you didn't make a big thing of it because you have been the kind of person that does pick your battles. You don't make everything into a fight. You just recognize some some things, whether at home, uh, even with the kids. I know that there are whether it's they're making dinner or they're
1: Mm. doing
0: some cleaning. Yeah, you've realized, man, if they can do it sixty percent as well as I did. I'm gonna celebrate that because it, I'd rather encourage them and, yeah, you know, have them do it again and get better at it the next time they do it, than um, than just be angry or or upset. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just impressed by that. You're really good at picking your battles. That's so our, are you. Our I'm move. sure
1: I do things that drive you up the wall, but you just bite your tongue and. In your in your long suffering, you <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that was the uh that was the scripture that I, I shared with the church. It says yeah. in Proverbs 1911 that a person's wisdom yields patience, and it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a good thing, even when we're offended, to overlook it, to let it roll off your back and not yeah. make a, a big thing of it. A big thing of it. And in that verse, it talks about yielding patience or giving patience and i grew up reading the bible in the king james and the king james it didn't use the word patience yeah as you said it uses this word long suffering
1: which describes it so much better
0: yeah right yeah it, it, it to me it does because yeah. you're like suffering in silence yeah and you choose not to fight over the toothpaste mm-hmm. or the, the socks on the floor the toilet seat <laughs> what else um the temperature in the car that if if there's one thing that I've learned to pick my battle, I'm just gonna sweat it out. I like it 60 degrees in the car. You like it around 95. 95 feels like it, anyways. And it's like I, a sauna in there. Oh, it's uh, we gotta it get one of those cars where it's five
1: below outside, and right. David will take off his jacket to sit in the car because he knows the heat's gonna be on
0: full blast. But here's the thing: <laughs> I just wanna air a grievance right now. I know Uh-oh. it's not Festivus, but. If you're gonna get in the car in winter and turn the heat up, at least put a coat on. At least wear a jacket. I'm I'm ready. Like I, I go out, I've got my winter coat on, my gloves, I, I'm ready. So when I turn the heat on, you know, it's because yeah. we need the heat, but should be you go it? in a t-shirt and you
1: turn the heat on <laughs> a therapist or maybe.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna a mediator. Pick, I'm gonna suffer long with this one. Be patient, overlook that offense. Again. <laughs> We're not going to fight about the temperature in the car.
1: Moving right along. Moving right
0: along. Now, what if there is, and this is the fourth rule for relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this applies to any, not just uh, husband and wife. Um, though yeah. I know our context is that. I
1: use it all the time. Yeah. It's and... the Matthew
0: model, right? Yep.
1: It's Matthew 18 model. And mm-hmm. uh, it's difficult because... A lot of times we don't want conflict and we don't want confrontation. So sometimes we do let things um, that shouldn't fester, uh, fester. So it's important to go to the person that's um, offended you Mm -hmm. and you want to do it just one on one. So David, tell us a little bit more about the Matthew 18 model.
0: Well, the Matthew 18 model makes it clear that there are times to your point that you can't overlook the offense. Mm -hmm. You've been hurt, you've been sinned against, and it has to be confronted. Mm -hmm. It just has to be. And what Matthew 18 shows is that not all conflict is bad. Not all conflict is sinful. And that's something that I actually had to, um, it took me some time to to recognize that. Mm -hmm. I really had to kind of study it and see it in the scriptures because I started to think that we shouldn't be fighting at all fighting or arguing or disagreeing is something that is natural in, in at least in the Bible, it talks about conflict and gives us examples of conflict. And there are times when conflict is sinful. You know, if it comes from a sinful attitude, sinful motives, Mm -hmm. if it comes from unhealthy competitiveness, that kind of conflict is not, not good. But then there are conflicts that emerge because of a disagreement or a conflict that emerges because of just different values, or different goals, or even different opinions, mm-hmm. and there's these disagreements that emerge. Again, I, I go back to Jesus because he's he's um, he's the one that we're we're following after, and uh, Jesus had conflict. He we know that he had disagreements, yeah. sharp disagreements, mm-hmm. with the Pharisees. He had disagreements even with his own disciples. Again, people that he called his friends. So we will have disagreements and conflict um, with, obviously, with our enemies, but also even with those that we're close to. And these disciples would go on to lead the church. So the early church leaders, these great men of God, would also have disagreements. So conflict doesn't have to be bad. I think it can become bad when it festers, you know, it goes unresolved. That's when it can seep into hatred, resentment. Yeah. You can even start wishing ill will Mm -hmm. towards them, start gossiping behind their back. I think all of that is unhealthy. Uh, So how do you deal with conflict? Again, Matthew 18, uh, verse 15, you can read the whole uh, section, but just the first uh, few verses of it at least gives you an indication of the goal and how to start that confrontation. And he says, if your brother or sister uh, sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you and if they listen to you, you have won them over. So so the you,
1: goal is not to confront them, to point, wag your finger in their face, but to right. win them over. Exactly. So the way that you're going to approach the conversation is not like, I'm right and you're wrong and here's how, why, Right. right. but hey, this really hurt me. You know, it, right. really what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position of vulnerability yeah. where they may reject you and That's say, point. you know, mm-hmm. whatever
0: let's hope not
1: well let's hope not right but it is a very vulnerable thing to do
0: right the the goal that jesus is presenting to us it should be not to win the argument but to win your brother Mm -hmm. to win your sister and fill in the blank there in jesus in the context jesus gives us it's to win your brother but it could be to win your spouse Mm-hmm. To win your coworker, sure. to win your your mother, father, or your your son or your daughter, or even a friend. your child. And the other thing that I've noticed when I study the Matthew eighteen model more and and look at people who do it well, they they don't you know start by ganging up on someone mm-hmm. and having you know a, a quote unquote intervention, but they first try to appeal to them one on one. That's what Matthew eighteen talks about. The other thing that I see is they understand how important it is as you said, to start right. And sociologists talk about how the first three minutes of a tough conversation are the most important because it's in those first few minutes that the atmosphere is set, the tone is set, the Mm -hmm. goal is set. Is this going to be an adversarial relationship or is it going to be something where there's a dialogue and discussion? Is there going to be an opportunity for both sides to share their perspective and talk about uh, whether it's their hurt or you know make their case? So those first three minutes are so mm, important. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's um what I try I try to live by is listening and when, whoever it is, it could be a colleague, it could be um, a friend, wh- whoever. Um, listening with the intent to understand the person, mm-hmm. not with the intent to respond. Because a lot of times, what we, we hear something is like, "Oh, I got to say something about that." Exactly. You're not really listening, right? Right. With the with the hope of understanding you know, and seeing where that person is coming from.
0: Right. Remember, our, our second rule for relationships, speak well, listen better. Mm-hmm. And that definitely applies, especially applies when there's that conflict or when there's this kind of confrontation.
1: That takes us to point number five or rule number five, mm-hmm. the golden rule, which is a rule I grew up with and a rule that we have been instilling in our kids. David, take it away. What is rule number five?
0: Rule number five, uh, the golden rule, comes from Matthew seven twelve. Where Jesus said this, he said, "So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you." For this sums up the law and the prophets. And this, um, again, Jesus, brilliant communicator, and he gives to his disciples the Cliff Notes version of the entire Old Testament. You know, mm-hmm. there are hundreds of laws and rules, do's and don'ts, and he says you can sum them all up with one sentence: treat others. The way you would want to be treated
1: so simple so simple so hard
0: <laughs> it is but I think what what makes this such a genius way of communicating for Jesus is that he knew deep down all of us tend to be selfish mm-hmm. we tend to think about ourself first and he's he in a in a very clever way he acknowledges that and he uses it and he says, What would you want? What would you want in this situation? How would you want to be treated yeah. now use that and channel it and let it shape how you're going to treat others or talk about others or talk to other people? Um, I, I think Jesus recognized how difficult it is for us to put ourselves in other people's shoes many times. And he says, You don't have to always put yourself in their shoes. Just put yourself in your shoes. You know how you would want to be treated. You mm-hmm. know that you're a person that tends to be interested in self-protection.
1: Self-preservation.
0: Yeah, self, uh, self-promotion, mm-hmm. self-interest. And he says, use that and let that channel you. You would want to be heard. You would want to be appreciated. Um, you would want to be given the benefit of the doubt. And he says, just now extend that to other people. Uh, I think the other thing that this, that Jesus is communicating to all of us is that there's much more that unites us than divides us, mm-hmm. that deep down, our human nature is, is very, very much a, the, the same, that we would all want some of these basic things. We would want to be respected. We would want to be honored. Mm-hmm. We would want to be treated well and treated fairly. And Jesus very simply says, you can almost toss out the entire (laughs) Old Testament rules and laws. You don't need to memorize all of them. Instead, live by this one simple principle. Treat others the way you would want to be treated. It really is about living a life that is full of grace.
1: Mm, I was just going to say that. Grace. Mm Got to give people grace.
0: Which is being generous, right? It, It goes beyond mercy. Uh, mercy is, it really covers what when someone deserves punishment or deserves something bad to happen, but you withhold it and say, I'm yeah. not going to give it to them. Grace goes beyond mercy mm-hmm. and says, "You don't deserve anything.
1: But I'm going to give it to you anyway.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. And this is the the mentality that Jesus was trying to give to his disciples, and is one that any follower of Christ, any Christian, and even non-Christians, I think they would benefit from this kind of, uh, this kind of lifestyle.
1: Absolutely. It's the it's the rule to live by. I guess the golden rule could sum up all the other rules.
0: Exactly. That's what he said. We should have
1: just started with the golden rule (laughs) and left it at that. Here's the one one rule.
0: (laughs) Yeah, today's one rule to live by. So I hope these five rules have been helpful to you. Rule number one, have an inner circle. Rule number two, speak well but listen better. Rule three, pick your battles. Rule four, remember the Matthew model. That comes from Matthew eighteen. And then rule five follow the golden rule. I'd say live by it. Today's closing thought comes from the greatest communicator, most genius teacher, and of course that would be Jesus. To summarize what he said, again, it comes from Matthew 7, treat others the way you would want to be treated. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed these episodes, help us by sharing them with your friends and family.
1: And for more content, check out churchandstateri.com, but let us know in the comments what you've enjoyed and what you'd like to see more of.